Here are several reasons why you should choose Tally and Twine Watch Company. Number one, we offer a two-year product warranty, so don't worry about fading or malfunctions. Number two, there's no risk to you. We offer both free shipping and free returns. Number three, the number seven represents completion and reminds you to finish what you start. Number four, why buy a lookalike watch when you can wear a true conversation piece? Number five, your satisfaction is guaranteed and we have hundreds of reviews to prove it. Number six, you can choose from our metal, leather, or canvas timepieces and we have styles for every occasion. Number seven, we offer the best features at the best value, hands down. Tally and Twine Watch Company, it's time to make your mark. Say the truth hurts, the truth hurts, so you about to feel pain And I gotta do work, God said I gotta do work Cause it's off with the name, Savage Truth it's Savage Truth, it's the Savage Truth, the Savage Truth The Savage Truth, I gotta be real, I gotta be, gotta be Okay, okay, all right. So stop the presses, pause for a minute, let's reflect, take it back, hold it up real quick. So Savage Truth Podcast now has a Patreon community, and we want you all to get involved. I appreciate all the support and the love across 21 countries the last time I checked. But you know what? Unless you're specifically one person I know in Italy and somebody else in Norway and one dude that I know that rocks with us in Alberta, I don't know who you are, (laughs) right? I see states and countries and people that are following us, and we really want to communicate with you. We really want to know what you think and then also provide content in the future that helps you address or challenge the way that you're thinking about some things in your own spaces. So I want to ask, join the Patreon at every level, regardless of what it is, $2 a month, which is less than we spend on gourmet coffee, just join, connect with us, and, and, and get involved in the community. We'll have lots of discussions, we'll have polls, and you'll have an opportunity to provide direct feedback um, to myself on episode ideas and things that we want to do in the future. So join the community. Thank you. We're going to get into this episode about legalizing being black. And uh, yeah, we will have some shirts, uh, legalized being black shirts for our Patreon uh, sponsors as well. So thank you for joining us. Appreciate you. Um, hope you enjoy this episode. This is Pastor Roy. God bless. This is the Savage Truth Podcast with Pastor Roy Dockery. Thank you again for joining us today. And we are going to get into it. We're gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna get it in. We're gonna get it in. You know what? I'm not even gonna do much of an introduction right now. Maybe I'll talk some more at the end because I just want to jump into this this discussion. Um, you know, it's it's not unusual to say that another black man has been shot. And so now it's Jonathan Price out in Texas. And the interesting thing about this is because people are digging through his social media background and, and, and not, I don't want to use the word irony because it, you know, it's, it's too, it's too satirical, but it's crazy that someone who publicly made statements in defense of police officers to clarify his position on Black Lives Matter, right? To say that, you know, our individual relationships and our individual community, right, has value as well. So, like, don't just jump on these bandwagons bandwagons, because I believe he was saying he has relationships. There are people who were police officers who supported him, right? And so even somebody who had 
a public persona and and right and and projected respect for the police and appreciation for people who wore the uniform gets killed by a police officer after you know as of what we know on October 6th um you know 3:23 p.m. got to clarify cuz people will listen to this later and be like oh well this happened based on information that's available now cuz the Texas Rangers have, have gotten involved um, and they're not putting a lot of stuff out to the media. But as far as we know from witnesses and family statements and everything else, he broke up a fight um, and, and interjected in a domestic violence situation, which my assumption was he probably, you know, came to the defense of a woman. Um, and then the police were called and, you know, he and I heard that he actually hung around to talk to the police about the incident because the couple that actually created the disturbance had already left. So then this man, from what it appears, gets tased and then shot three times and is now dead. And so it, you know, so even someone who has the heart and the respect, right, for the police, right? So that means that I'm sure he wasn't, you know, confrontational or being difficult. They said that they like tried to arrest and detain him and he like peacefully withdrew, probably trying to explain to him that he was the person that in that interceded in the conflict, not the person who was participating in it, right? I'm like, look, man, you're not about to handcuff me like I was out here helping people. This man gets killed at a gas station. And at, and at what point in America, at what point from a policy or a training or a policing perspective, when will we get to the point where it's not just illegal to be black? Right. And, and I say that to say, right, like, I, you know, I, I've worn shirts on a couple of podcasts. People see me that say legalize being black. You know, I didn't create it. You know, I bought it off of like Amazon um, and I have different designs as well. So it's like but wearing the shirt is like you get weird looks in public. Right. Especially from white people, to be honest, you know, they kind of give you the side eye like it's not illegal to be black, but it seems like it is. Right. So when I when I when I when I talk about something being illegal, I'm talking about the mentality of something that will allow somebody to detain me. Right. And, and, and you know, and basically, uh, you know, allow it for where I forfeit my constitutional rights against illegal search and seizure and illegal detainment and all of this other stuff. So why does it seem that it's it's very much publicly socially acceptable for people to be detained Right. For for police to have probable cause to use excessive force and violence and and methods of restraint based on no evidence other than somebody being black. How is this how is this possible? Right. How is it so frequently displayed in our in our in our in our social media and videos and everything else? And there isn't this like aha moment from most of America that says it seems like the the undergirding you know the common denominator in these situations in which cops seem to respond as if they have probable cause as if they are beyond a reasonable doubt to respond to some perceived threat or criminal activity it's normally just associated with black men so how can i as a black man not come to the conclusion that it's you know just based on my own logical mind that my skin is probable cause, which then technically just makes it illegal to be black. Because probable cause gives the police the right, <laughs> right, to search my vehicle. Probable cause gives the police the right to demand my identification. Probable cause gives the police the right to detain me. 
And if and if the only probable cause they seem to need to prove to the public is that I is that I could have potentially been a threat because of what I look like. When the when the media narrative around black men is is criminality, when the when the you know the poll of a jury, right? If you had to, and you know, and I'm gonna do this to my listeners right now. Let's do an exercise. You know, don't do this if you're driving, right? And I'm serious. I'm serious. I need you to clear your mind out right now. Stop doing what you're doing. I want you to pause. And I don't care what country you live in. I don't care what color you are. I don't I don't care if you're male, female. I do not care. I genuinely want you to do something for me right now that'll help illustrate this point. So I'm going to give you a second to, to, to even either pause and come back. And when you're, when you're free to do it, but I'm going to give you a second right now. Stop typing. Stop, you know, being on another app with your headphones in. If you're in the middle of a run or an exercise right now, if this is, if this is your, your walking or running music, I just need you to stop. So if, if we're all stopped together right now, I want you to picture a criminal in your mind right now. Picture a criminal. Now, I can almost assure you that 99% of you pictured someone black. And I don't, I don't know if people can be that honest with themselves. Right. Like I am a black man <laughs> who talks about social justice, and, but I still cannot close my eyes without intentionally thinking of let me picture a bike gang member. Let me picture a meth addict. Let me picture a rapist. Let me picture somebody who steals, you know, a, a white collar criminal. Like there's all of these very specific subjective um, kind of qualifiers you have to add if you told me to visualize a criminal for me not to visualize them being black and that's for me like that and that's me being honest with myself this is called the savage truth so it's got to cut both ways right so that's me being honest with myself that when I when I'm asked if I'm asked to picture a criminal I will see a black man in my own mind in my eyes Right. In, or in my mind, when I close my eyes, I would see a black man. And I'm almost I'm, I'm sure most of you are as well. If you're honest with yourselves, when you hear somebody talk about a drug dealer, are you assuming that the drug dealer is white? Right. Like, no, you're probably assuming that they're black. When you hear something about a drive by, you're assuming that those people are black. When you hear somebody rob the convenience store, you're assuming that they're black. Right there. And it's because of the kind of criminal behavior that's talked about often publicly. Right. As many rapes are committed in this country, you don't often see that on the news, but you'll see a bank robbery. You'll see a gas station robbery. And normally the right, the, the, the criminals is, uh, you know, a lot of times projected, especially if you watch something like Crime Stoppers, these people most of the time are black. So if I can't close my eyes <laughs> as a black man and not see a criminal that looks like me. Then how do I get away from my skin being probable cause that basically makes being black illegal? Right, like I am potentially violating the law just by being what other people envision as a criminal. So if I'm in a store and people think shoplifters are black and I'm the only one in the store that they're looking at, then there's a there's an assumption that. I could be a criminal, right? Or if it's if it's late at night and I go into a gas station and I got on a hoodie, there's an assumption that I'm, I might be a criminal. Like the the sheer color of my skin 
seems to be seems to be warranted probable cause that I, I'm potentially engaging in criminal activity. But how do we legalize being black? Right. How do we make it illegal? Like and I already talked about make racism illegal. If you didn't get into that discussion, please go back some episodes. But like now I'm just on the topic, like how do we make being black legal? Right. Like, how can I just exist without you causing disruption and and potentially destruction in my life because I might fit a vague description of another criminal? And I'm asking these questions out loud because I really don't know. Right. Like, I really don't know what I expect the police to do if I'm within the vicinity of a robbery and someone reports that a six foot two black man did it. Like, obviously, I don't want the police to bother me because I didn't do it. But if they pulled me over and said, hey, there was a you know, there was a call in the area. Somebody just robbed a 7-Eleven. Your vehicle fits the description and I drive a black SUV. Right. Maybe I need to get a you know, maybe I should have got the Maserati, which would have probably never been in a description. But then I probably would have got pulled over because somebody assumed I stole the Maserati. Right. So that was just, that would be a crime that had not yet been reported. And then they would pull me over with probable cause. <laughs> right. To be like, well, there was some concern. Somebody made a call in that they saw a suspicious individual in a Maserati and I would still get pulled over either way. Right. But but what can we how do we overcome that? Right. Like or, or, or do or do we just need a federal fund for for um, for therapy for black men who have to continually be under the oppressive force of racism in America because the statistics are are in the favor of police to, to you know, arbitrarily harass black men. Right. Because they're you know, because other people who commit crimes happen to look like me. Right. When the, when the percentage of people that commit crimes or a small percentage of the population Yet we subject everybody to it. And I, and I don't want to use this to crass comparison, but like, you know, I can't I can't assume that, you know, every every white man grabbing a white woman's arm in public is possibly raping her. Like that wouldn't be acceptable. Like if I called the cops every time and like, I think he's, he's going to rape her. Or I think he's going to pull her into sex trafficking. And I'm just because statistically white men commit more rapes than, than black men. Um, you can fact check me on that if I'm incorrect. Please let me know. Um, but the last time I looked at the data, that was true. But it's like, but but publicly, right? Like, it's not, it, there. there is no, there, there hasn't been any considerable um, proof that, then that means every time a white man is with a white woman, there's probable cause to intercede because that could potentially be a, a situation where a sexual assault could occur. Like, that's not happening. But yet it seems very prominent that like the number of black people who get pulled over for not committing a crime, the number of black people whose cars get searched when they get pulled over with some kind of justifiable probable cause is like is, is I mean, it's statistically staggering. The fact that just being black in itself seems to be probable cause enough for my legal rights to be irrelevant. Right. And then we can pursue civil suits and people can get money after we get shot. And we, you know, we got, you know, Benjamin Crump and we got Lee Merritt out here. We got all these people running around trying to trying to get some um, trying to get some financial benefit for our family after I'm done. Like I got life insurance. I don't need you know, I, I don't need the police department to pay for the security of my family's future. Right. I want to be involved in my family's future. So what can we do to where me being black is not probable cause?
right? I tell people all the time and I get some grief for saying it in the same breath that I have to add that I ask and that I plead for the police not to profile me. I have to ask my brother not to make me a suspect. Right. So there's work that we have to do within our own communities, right, where we have to try to minimize crime. We have to try to change this narrative that people who look like me are criminals, that people who look like me are violent. I'm tired of seeing Crime Stoppers descriptions that describe me. And that's a reality. Like and and that's that's real talk. That's savage truth. Like I have to be honest with my own community right, with my own people that you doing things when you look like me give, you know, and those police officers that go to those briefings every day that are getting told day after day after day, you're looking for a black man who's 6'2". You're looking for a black man who's 5'11". You're looking for this guy with dreadlocks. You're looking for this guy with this build, with this kind of car, with this kind of clothes. Like, you're creating, (laughs) right, like, you're, you're creating a public image in the eyes of the police department just because of all the suspicion that gets generated just in their daily briefings. And then they encounter, they encounter another black man. And now we have to deal with, right. The concern, the fear, the anxiety based on their daily briefings of, of, you know, who's still wanted for, or who's still suspected for, for a crime that was committed in the description is somebody who looks like me. But like, how do we legalize being black? Right. Like I don't you know, I don't even you know, and, and again, police have to do their jobs. I would I would expect crimes to be um, to be solved. But like, can I can I get pulled over and you give me the benefit of the doubt? And when I say the benefit of the doubt, don't pull me over with your gun already drawn as if you are absolutely certain that I already committed the crime and you're and you're ready to, to, to deliver to deliver the the uh, the verdict on the side of the road. Like, can, can I get that benefit? Like your training, right? That, that says you shouldn't be pulling your gun out until you perceive like an immediate imminent threat of, of danger, physical danger to yourself or others. Like, can I get that? Like, how can we reinforce the training to say that until you've identified a suspect, unless you see someone in the commission of a crime, how about we don't treat regular tax paying citizens as criminals? Right. Like even to treat somebody as a suspect, like you, you need some evidence to treat somebody as a suspect. Right. So just me matching a description does not make me a suspect. It means I match a description. So like, I don't know, maybe some of my people out here who, who deal with law enforcement, maybe you can give me some answers on this training, because right now my brain is really reeling from the reality that somebody who stood who stood like against the Black Lives Matter movement. And made a public statement, had the public sentiment supporting Blue Lives Matter, got murdered by the police at a gas station after trying to be the Good Samaritan. How do we get to a point where being black is not probable cause? How do we get to the point where being black means I still get my legal rights, even if I resemble a suspect, or even if there's some suspicious activity occurring around me, like how in our criminal justice system, in our community policing, in our enforcement, in our engagement with law enforcement, how can I just be treated like a human being? Not a threat. Not something to be neutralized. Right? Not something to be detained. Not something... Right. Not not this force that needs to be 
that needs to be snuffed out, like responded to with such aggression and such force. Like even the um the 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 brother, I believe out in Los Angeles, I think it was Dejan Kizzy that got shot like 16 times. Right? Like we we can't just shoot hit, you know, it ain't two shots and just get somebody to the ground so we can detain them. Like, why is the why does it seem to be the only choice is to exterminate us? Like we're that much of a threat that the the acceptable, the justified response to dealing with black men in America when it comes to when it comes to even, you know, medium to high stress situations seems to be extermination, execution, murder. Right? Like, you know, hit somebody with a baton, put somebody, you know, yoke somebody up real quick you know, use some, use some MMA moves, right? I'm not saying we don't, you don't get physical. I know people don't want to go to jail, so they're going to resist it. But I mean, all the research has shown the probability of someone dying at the hands of the police, especially being unarmed, is, is statistically higher <laughs> for black men. And, you know, and we, and we, and there's this concept called the recency effect, right? Where like the things that you see more, you think there's a higher probability of it occurring to you, right? So like when you think about the repetitive trauma that this causes to black men, when we constantly see unarmed, complying black men get assaulted, get arrested, get killed, like what that does in our in our psyche, right? What that does from a from a trauma and a, and a dissociation perspective, like when we have to actually interact and, and when we see police officers, like this is this is building in us internally, which is why sometimes I just have to shut social media off and I have to stop following certain people for a certain period of time because like I have to return to my place of peace with which is my faith but like my objective observation of the world leads me to the conclusion right like I I know God's got me he's protected me all of this time God's protected me from drive-bys God's protected me from trigger happy police officers God's protected me from a lot of things and I thank God for that Right. But in my objective mind, looking at information, evaluating what's going on and trying to be honest with what I perceive in this world and sharing those thoughts with other people. Right. Being black is probable cause in America. It's probable cause. So you can violate my constitutional rights. You can detain me. You can search my vehicle. You can tase me. You can try to arrest me with no proof that I committed a crime and then shoot me for and shoot me or tase me or beat me viciously saying I resisted arrest. Right. Like I want somebody to do research on how many black people get arrested and the only charge is resisting arrest or assaulting an officer. Or disturbing the peace. So like you tried to arrest me, I said no, so that's disturbing the peace or disobeying a direct order, and then you try to put handcuffs on me, and I was like, nah, so then that was resisting arrest, and then so you broke my shoulders and, you know, or assaulted me or even killed me, and then it was my fault. But we don't get back to the root cause on what crime did I commit that gave you probable cause to legally detain me, or is it just, or is it just illegal to be black? And then to resist being arrested for the probable cause that the police feel like they have because of my skin color justifies anything that happens to me while I'm resisting arrest. 
That's what people say. Well, he shouldn't have resisted. He shouldn't have resisted. Really? Have you ever been to jail? Have you even have ever visited a jail? It's not somewhere you want to go. I've never been arrested. I'm not up here trying to get street cred. I have visited family members in jail before. I know people who have been to jail, right? But it's not a place that anybody I know wants to go. It's not like, hey, can we go have a conversation at Starbucks while you calm down? No, when people put handcuffs on you, they are taking you to jail, which means you then have a record of arrest, which can impact further employment because that pops up on background checks that you were arrested, even if you weren't charged. So there's a reason while people resist being arrested and getting put into the criminal justice system that has been statistically proven to be disadvantaged and, and intentionally harmful towards black men. So that's not even a that's not even a thought like it is plain. It is it is very clear to me why anybody would not want to get arrested. Right. But and so like even the, the concept of the only probable cause you have is my skin. And then if I resist that, then you in court cases have proven right. Then you have the legal right to detain me up until my death. Up until my death. So even if I have not committed a violent crime, most in a lot of these cases, things that you would be you could be ticketed for and have a, a you know a desk appearance at court about. So even if I haven't committed, you know, when in the in, in instance of you have no proof that I've committed a violent crime, but you can violently detain me up until the point to where you take my life, and that's legal. This is why we say legalize being black. That's why I asked the question, is my skin probable cause? Because if you can take my life, my liberty, my freedom, or deny me justice, just because I'm black, with no other evidence, with no other proof, with no other witnesses, even the Bible says in the, you know, with two or three witnesses, let the truth be established. So if there's only one person that says they thought I saw something, you ain't got no video, like from a biblical perspective in this so-called Judeo-Christian nation, y'all shouldn't even be arresting people based off of one witness because one witness can be lying. One witness can be mistaken. So you need corroborating evidence for all of us who got our legal terminology from law and order um, and, you know, regular and SVU. Right. Like there even if there, there's no corroboration, like where is the process behind this? But it seems like we, we play into the factor of all of this gets sorted out after the fact. Jail is not a cool place to want to go. You know what? You want to sort some stuff out? Fine. Let's go to McDonald's and sit in the drive through. Right. Or, you know, go to Starbucks and sit down. You know, I'll sip a latte. I'll get a chai latte. I'll buy the officer whatever they want. And you can go through your laptop wait for people to call you for secondary sources to corroborate my story to to you know to poke holes in a story whatever the case may be let's do that right here in the parking lot let's go grab something to eat right on the city since you wasting tax dollars anyway why don't you take me to go get something to eat like you did dylan roof and then sort through the details instead of automatically throwing people in jail right or or being so aggressive about knowing that you're correct in in your suspicion that they committed a crime because it's clear that everybody that the police handcuff isn't guilty. I don't know what the conviction rate is of people who are arrested versus people um, or uh, not even arrested. People who are detained versus people who are guilty. But I'm sure the police detain more people than they convict. So even even the numbers would show that, OK, give it a little bit of time and let's figure this out. 
Right. And then I would also, let's say, but then you can compensate me for my time that you wasted based on suspicion, especially if the only piece of evidence you had was the fact that I was black and possibly looked like someone else. I think I should be able to file a claim for lost wages or lost time because my time is valuable. So that's why I try to avoid any interactions with the police whatsoever, because I'd rather be at home or somewhere making money than standing on the side of the street asking questions because I match a description. But how do we legalize being black? How? How do we stop my skin from being probable cause that gives somebody the right to detain me and deny me my liberty? Because if you can answer that question, I will vote for you. Wherever you, I don't, I don't even care if I don't live in your state, right? I will, I will convince some people where you live and you can run for office and start putting these policies into place. Because the leaders that we currently have running our police departments and our cities and our and our justice system don't seem to care about the fact that justifiable homicide can be ruled in an instance where there was not even a charge levied against the person that was killed. Right. The only thing they had was resisting arrest and somebody died resisting arrest when the only charge was resisting arrest. And that becomes justified. That is insane. That is absolutely insane. And that's something we need to fix in America. And the savage truth is, if you've never experienced it, you don't know. And the reality is, if you have experienced it, it sucks. And you may have post-traumatic stress from it. So again, with race-based trauma, you probably should talk to a therapist. I think all black men probably need therapy. Um, And you know what? That might be a new t-shirt. Hey, don't none of y'all out there steal my idea, Savage Truth community. I'm going to know you got it from me. And then I'm going to come, you know what I mean? I'm going to come at y'all if y'all steal my idea that all black men need therapy. Uh, Because I think we do, especially if you've dealt with racial trauma, because nobody helps us process that. Right. When when school when a school shooting happens, they bring in therapists to deal with the trauma. But when drive bys occur, no one's offering those 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 uh, same resources to the people who witnessed it or the people who heard those gunshots rang out and had to deal with the police sirens outside of their windows for hours and hours upon it. You know, and no one no one's bringing in, you know, uh, you know, counseling teams when when a, when a black man is shot in public in front of children and other people. Right. And I don't know if they do, but I never see any media coverage of it. It's very prominent media coverage of it when something happens at a school. But death and violence and and, you know, and assault is traumatizing. And it happens to black men a lot. It happens to Hispanic men a lot. It happens to people in dis and, you know, in um, in marginalized uh, minority groups a lot. And I pray that you get therapy for it. Um, And in the midst of getting therapy, and as I close, I'll say the same thing I always say. I pray that you also get to know Jesus. Because you know what? I've never been to therapy, but I've had a lot of demons revealed and exercised. So in finding finding my faith and finding my, my primary identity in Christ, it gives me a context to which to see this world, to understand the sin and the brokenness, but also to be a man of action because faith without works is dead. So any Christians, you know, to just sit back and sit on their morality and their laurels and do nothing to improve their communities or change their world, then I would ask you to ask them, which Christ do they follow? Because like I said, the Jesus in the Bible, um, you know, he flips over tables, he challenges systems, he challenges authorities, um, and he makes sure that he does, uh, he, he does what he can for the least of those amongst him or around him. 
So I pray that you get to know Christ, not Christians, um, and that you judge him by his own philosophy, not the way the other people have executed or interpreted his teachings. Um, so if you don't know Christ, I pray that you get to know him. If you want some more information on salvation, if you want somebody to pray for you, to pray with you, um, I would ask that you visit uh, my, my church home's website, wvicc.org. If you click on the connect tab, you will see um, a video on salvation and how to how to begin and to walk through that process. You will also see a prayer request form and a connect form and things like that. We do have virtual services. We do take virtual membership. So if anybody wants to join us, um, p- please feel free to come and be a part of the family. We would love to have you as a part of God's kingdom, uh, whether near or far. So uh, thank you for joining us on the Savage Truth Podcast. Uh, we may be, like I keep saying, we may be doing some Patreon stuff. Um, if it's already live, you'll probably see it in the description. But look out for that because I want to connect with you. I want to build a community and I want to help build you as an individual. So I will be doing individual coaching with people one on one to make sure that you have the balance and the impact to do what it is that God has called you to do. So thank you for joining us. This is the Savage Truth Podcast with Pastor Roy Dockery. God bless y'all. Have a good day. Nobody really want it. Uh-uh. I'ma go and get it. This working is plenty of it. That's right. Get it. No time to wait upon it. Uh-huh. I'ma go and get it. This working is plenty of it. That's right. Swoops every on the same team. That's why I'm playing from the bench until my time needed. I'm just a rookie in this game, hoping my time needed. And I done put a lot of reps, knowing I'm gon' see it. That's not conceited, I'm just confident in who I'm pleasing. I'm succeeding in different ways, cause he the one who needed. I'm just a product that is here, hoping that you can see it. And coach them bled over this, that's why we stay succeeded. Let's get it. I ain't trying to take some shine, I'm just gon' shine, homie. And this is home called Rules in the Visitors Arena. I'm shooting, hitting shots, and I'm zero. I'm nothing here with that, I'm throwing the beginning thesis Probably mad cause I'm preaching, huh? That's right I'm probably mad cause I'm teaching, bruh uh-huh. But there is nothing gonna stop me but myself I'm worried about my father You can give me six sand out of here Yeah You can give me six man out of here Uh-huh Go give me six man out of here That's right That's a blessing, we worry about giving back and then you becoming the blessing No worry about all the stress and then when your number is called You just fall like there's nothing left in the tank Let that my mind let me think I just thank you for the man that I'm becoming The season coming real soon and I'm gone Keeping it trucking, other thoughts I keep on darkening Cause the Lord got a plan and I stay keeping up with it Nobody really want it I'ma go and get it, this work and there's plenty of it That's right, no time to wait upon it I'ma go and get it, this work and there's plenty of it. I just tell them, look, nobody really want it. I'ma go and get it, this work and there's plenty of it. Get no time to wait upon it. I'ma go and get it, this work and there's plenty of it. You can give me six man out of get Go and give me six man out of get Look, you can give me six man out of get That's right, it's cool. Don't give me six man out of here.